What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Welcome to Shortcomings, where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex in the City. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. I've had Do you think coffee. we have to introduce ourselves every week? I'm starting to feel like, if, you know, the tens of listeners who've made it to epi- whatever episode this is. Yeah, we have to introduce ourselves us. every week. We do? Okay, we Yeah, will. yeah we do. Before we get into the Sex and the City cinematic universe, and this is somewhat in line with it, I do want to just give two suggestions that people watch. I binged all of the British show by way of Amazon Catastrophe mm-hmm. last weekend. I re- it was my first rewatch since it originally aired, and what a perfect rom-com. So everyone should watch that. And then that led me, thanks to my friend Brie, to watching Divorce for the first time, Sarah Jessica Parker's HBO follow-up show. Mm -hmm. I'm about eight episodes into season one, and Frances Dufresne is a tad iconic, I fear. And you watched it, right, Sam? It's great. I watched it during COVID, like when we were in quarantine, and I like couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. It was so good. It's so good. It's like funny, and it's just honestly, yeah, dark. And then there's all, like I like seeing Sarah Jessica Parker In that role. Guys, she's the best actress of all time. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say that. I was like, here we go. But also, Frances is a style icon, and frankly, she's a bit more of my speed in terms of fashion than CB. So just watch Divorce and that hair. That That hair. hair. It's iconic. It's so iconic. So So sorry to derail us a bit, but I just wanted to tell everyone they should watch Catastrophe and then watch Divorce. Yeah. No, and Rob Delaney in Catastrophe is great. He's so handsome. The woman from Catastrophe is the creator of Divorce, Sarah oh. Morgan, who's also a queen. Oh, that's how you got... Yes. Okay. So I, I was, was like, like, I need more Sharon. And yeah, then I was, I was like, like, I wish she was in this, this show. Tie-in? But it has her sensibility. Okay, I see that. Because I liked Catastrophe, too. By watching the first season of Divorce, because then she leaves... You can mm. see what catastrophe might have been if it was just her. Mm-hmm. And then you can see what almost kind of color in what Rob was bringing to make catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So I'd like him to do a show also. Or yeah. I'd like them to continue doing catastrophe. I, I just want to see those two together again. Yeah, he's he's really great. I follow him on Instagram as like a thirst follow. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. You know he messaged me. I like posted about the show and he said, thank you so much. We loved making it. And I said, King. And then just closed it. Oh my God. That's like really, that's special. That was a, that's a celeb sighting. Get him on the, get him on the pod. Love to have him on. Love to, love to chat. I'd love to hear his thoughts on Aiden, you know, as two big men. Yeah. He'd be a great, he would have been a great Aiden. He would have been a really good Aiden because he's like very husky and like very, he, he to me feels burger. more more realistically uh, someone that would be like wilderness vibes. 
Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. But speaking of Aiden, let's stop speaking of him. So let's talk about what we got this week in the Sex and the City Cinematic Universe. Yes. Big and Carrie. They're in Paris with Emily. (laughs) Yeah. What'd you think? I love that. You think they ran into Petfield while they were filming? And she said, what the fuck are these costumes? Yeah. She was like, where are we going with this? You know, the more little snippets and photos we see, the more I have my theories of what's going on. And I, I'm not that happy because I'm just Guys, we're just going to say it. Sam and I, for some reason, have been keeping this from you all. <laughs> yeah. And we I don't, don't know why, because it's simply our theory. And we don't have it, we have, don't have anything to corroborate that this is true. No, this is like, it's our But we'll like text after like, so this is our theory. And we're yeah. like, why don't we talk about this? So we're yeah. just going to say it. We think Big is dead in the revival. Dead. 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 Gone, baby, gone. (laughs) I, and that makes me so sad. And we have so many reasons why we think this, right? Yes. Our main reason being that that was the original, it is the proposed, was a plot point in the original script for the third movie, was that Carrie, he would die in the shower with Carrie. Now, it does not seem that that is what is happening in this revival. Right. But I, I did... See what? a little rumor okay. that she's in Paris scattering his ashes. Oh, I for sure believe that. Oh, guys, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Because there is a scene, like, this, the photos that they post of, like, the stills, not, like, the paparazzi, like, on the street ones, like, the actual photos. She looks fucking depressed. She looks so sad. And also there's the host her and Brand are in the hospital at one point together, we know. There's the photo of her and Big in the kitchen. And like just the way okay, this is gonna sound really I think we're getting a lot of flashbacks. Yes. Or like dreamlike like flashbacks. Like where the lighting is really beautiful and like ethereal and I think when she goes to Paris, she's probably going to have a flashback from the last time they were there. But I will say, I will be so fucking, I will be so fucking mad, Chris. Uh-oh. If COVID takes him. If he or Samantha are dead of COVID, I, I'm going to I just can't. That will actually be almost a deal breaker for me. I will be so. My ability to enjoy the show. Yeah, I'll be so mad. I'll be so mad. Because I've heard that they want to incorporate COVID in some way. Like, coronavirus and i was like this is the way that they're doing it leave that bitch out nobody wants to hear from her no i want to live in a world where it doesn't exist i'm sorry i i'm sorry if anyone's watching the current season of gray's anatomy they just throw up a stinger at the beginning of each episode basically saying this we are imagining a post-covid world these are their stories boom boom shut the fuck up are they really yeah, they're in that? like they're just like we're not doing this anymore. We're just assuming we are. COVID's pro- gone. They're like, and I'm like, can't this be the world I'm in? Yeah, Christina Yang cured COVID. I'm so fucking tired of Corona. Yeah, and know. like I don't need I don't need a artistic representation of what's going on in my real life. Like I'm yeah. good. I'm good, especially in Sex and City. I want that world to be protected from and a this dream. virus nonsense. Yeah, no, we're good. The last thing we'll talk about in the Sex and the City cinematic universe, and guys, if you're not following the and just like that Instagram, uh, Instagram it's wild what they're up to over there. They're doing like just book clubs and oh. scene shots and lots of food porn, lots of like uh, craft services. But last night they posted a little clip of Carrie's feet in some Manolos, then it cut over to a man in some 
suede what seemed to be Chelsea shitty boots. suede Chelsea boots. And I sent it to Sam and said, I think we know who's back. <laughs> that yeah. damn Aiden Shaw. <laughs> Mr. Shaw's. Don't give him a mister. He doesn't deserve Shaw is back in a suede Chelsea boot, and I am not happy about it. And guys, I have a theory that I think, you know, our beloved Mr. Big is going to pass. He'll no longer be with us. Mm-hmm. And does Carrie fall into the arms of Aiden and then cheats? Is Aiden still married? Probably not. Because remember they kiss in the second movie? Yeah. He cheats on so his with- wife. In the second movie. So I think they're going to have a little... He did look fine as hell, I will say. When he is in that... When he's carrying that Mm-mm. baby and he turns Mm-mm. around and looks at her and I was like... Mm-mm. I know. I know. Aiden's trash. But I'm just saying. But we are a few weeks out from In Just Like That and I am getting more and more excited. I'm getting excited and I want to know from everybody, should we cover Just Like That on the podcast or should we wait? What What are I your thoughts? I think we got to cover it. I think we got to cover it. But first, we've got to cover season two, episode four. Should we get into it? (laughs) Yes, we should. We should. All right, let's start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie endures a crisis of punctuation. Mm -hmm. Miranda is performing in the bedroom. Charlotte tries on a relationship with a fixer-upper, mm-hmm. and Samantha gets herself into a we relationship. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, God. So, this is another meta episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's dealing with the kind of cultural criticism around the show, almost like you can imagine that the article that is written about Carrie could have been written by Time or The New Yorker about this show. Mm -hmm. Like, is being single something to glorify or be horrified by? Single was fun at 20. But you want to ask these women, how fun will all-night club hopping be at 40? Who's out all night? Who's 40? Do you know what I say? Fuck them. Exclamation point. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. I personally really liked this episode. I did too. I, I was it. really nervous about what you were going to say. So Chris and I always come on like 15 minutes before we record to chat just to get our little vocal cords like warmed up. A lot of red, leather, yellow, leather, red, leather, yellow, leather. <laughs> a lot of that. And a lot of him just yelling at me, reprimanding me for my thoughts. But I was going to ask him what he thought of this episode, but I was scared. And to hear that you loved it or liked it really makes me happy. So right off the top, I loved it because it's named after one of my favorite movies. Uh, It's a Sidney Pollock movie, They Shoot Horses, Don't They, which is focused on a Depression-era dance party. So obviously it's dealing in, like, couples being together and features several emotional breakdowns. And at the end, someone would rather die than continue on. So the movie's bleak. Yeah. But I love this episode, and it's also one of my favorite episodes of... Gilmore Girls, they shoot Gilmores, don't they? Which is the dance party episode where Rory finally gets with Jess. Woo! (laughs) And we'll be covering that in a bonus episode, I'm sure. I'm sure. But let's get into uh, the monologue. While women are certainly no strangers to faking it, we've faked our hair color, cup size, hell, we've even faked fur, I couldn't help but wonder, has fear of being alone suddenly raised the bar on faking? Are we faking more than orgasms? Are we faking entire relationships? Is it better to fake it than be alone? 
Before we get into the girls, have you ever faked a relationship? I'm sure you faked an orgasm. Who amongst us hasn't? Yeah. Well, can men do that? Sure. Huh? Hmm? What do you mean? How often are you investigating to make sure something actually came out? Oh my god. I mean, why would you? But yeah, you can. And no one goes looking for... Where is it? (laughs) Where can I find... Okay, that's disgusting. I have, yes, I have faked a relationship. Wow. Many times. Now, when you say that, do you mean just the relationships you make up in your head with men on the street (laughs) and celebrities? The one you have with Rob Delaney in your head? Yeah, no. Because I'm currently in a long-term relationship with Orlando Bloom. Oh. You know, just this week. Oh, he's the flavor of the week. Yeah, Mr. Katy Perry's looking good. Okay. I, I personally enjoy his butt. He's always got yeah, his butt he's out. a firework over there. He's, he's a firework. Uh, no, but I have faked relationships. But I don't go into them intending to do that. It's not until, like, a couple months in, I'm like, oh, God, I really months? hate this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, wow, I really don't like you. Yeah, I'm like, but I'm like, like, one time I dated a guy for literally 10 months, and I went into it, and I was like, I like him, but I don't want to fail again. Like, that was my idea. I was like, I don't want this relationship to fail. So I will literally do anything to, like, make it work. And I was, like, sacrificing, like, my own stuff. And it was, like, really... Again, everyone listen to the Christina Yang monologue about little pieces. Don't let anyone take little pieces of you. I guess including yourself. Like, I was deeply, deeply unhappy in that relationship uh, because he was terrible, but also just, like... I, but I didn't know how to get out of it. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Because I'm like so in it. And then finally I was just like, I can't fucking do this with you. I'm not sure I've ever faked a relationship other than, you know. You don't strike me as someone that would. I don't think I have it in me. Mm-mm. No, I don't have it in me anymore. That's this good. was like, this was Back like in a your few dizzier years days. Ago. Yeah. Dizzier. Yeah. Dude, I was so fucking dizzy. You have no idea. Oh, I think I do. I think, yeah. I think you got a good handle on, on that. All right. So let's um let's start with Samantha, who... <laughs> I love that you, like, just move on. You're like, all right, you faked a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. relationship That's good. Months. We're good. All right, let's moving on. Let's close that book. Let's close the chapter moving on that. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Um, Lev, no, but let's get into Samantha, who I believe starts this episode as the goddamn queen she is. She's looking great in that salsa club. And she really explains to Shar Shar why it's just better to be alone. My advice to you is to embrace that fact. Slap on some armor and go through life like I do. Enjoying men, but not expecting them to fill you up. Except when, well, you know. We know, we know, we know. I support that. Same. And I like that, like, they were all partying and hanging out. And the guy, like, approached her. Okay, William, who was the owner of the jazz club. What'd you think of William? Seinfeld looking ass. I was not into William. He looked kind of, like, greasy. He, to me, looked like, well, not jankier than Jerry Seinfeld, but like a gussied up Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, God. Which is still yeah. Now that you say it, I'm like, yeah. I was very hungover recently and oddly was just like, I guess I'll turn on Seinfeld on Netflix and just pass out. And I woke up with just hearing that music. <laughs> But I did appreciate that, you know, Samantha says, I'm going to stick with my gals tonight when William comes over and asks her for a dance. Mm-hmm. And they, But they do end up going, getting together, going out for a dance. And he turns out to be a wee guy making a bunch of future plans. Red flag. Red, red flag. 
Never, ever. What's going on with all this red flag shit online? Why is that now a thing? Have you seen Oh my these God, my flags? mom texted. Yes, I had to mute them on Twitter. I muted the red flag emoji on Twitter. My mom actually texted me about this yesterday because she was like, what's going on? Why are these red flags everywhere? I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know where it started. It needs to stop. Um, it's really annoying actually. But yeah, no, a guy that like you just meet and he's already like, we're going to do this in the summer. And it's like December. And I do appreciate that Samantha originally plays it off as she's trying to manipulate him. She says to Carrie, the we who's going to the Hamptons this summer is you and me. Mm -hmm. So she's at that point, at least presenting as if she has a handle over things. Yeah. But ultimately William's we self is a cover because they're meant to meet at Samantha's favorite romantic restaurant, which I thought was interesting. She has a favorite romantic restaurant. We hear Carrie say in monologue. Yeah. And he stands her up. What a fucking asshole. Have you ever stood someone up? How dare he? No, Chris. Never stood anyone up, but I've left in the middle. No, I've left too. Yeah. I've been like, I can't do this. I'm so sorry. Oh, Oh, you told them. No. Yeah. I, just I say ex- that in my head. Okay, yeah. I was like, I've said that in my head and then excused myself out a back door. Yeah. My friend actually just ditched a date, like, very recently. She was on a date. They were grabbing drinks. She wasn't, like, that into it in the first place, but then they got the bill, and he was going to dine and dash, and she was like, no. No, we pay no, no. for things here, sir. Yeah, she's like, you're 37. Like, what? So she was like, just go hand the, the bill to the waitress. Like, go give it to her. And so he went to go give it to her, and she's like, Sam, I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> she's like, I ran. She's like, I couldn't do this. Well, that's a, like, that's a good reason. I just was like, I asked yeah. the guy what his favorite movie was, and he said The Artist, and I was like, gotta go. Uh, yeah, I've almost left in the middle of a date because the guy was like telling me how serious he takes comedy, like how he really loves comedy. Oh, and I was like, well, who's your favorite comedian? And he was like, well, why would you ask that? Like, like I, you're putting me on spot. And I was like, dude, just, I'm literally not. I'm, you were talking about it. But I, it was so I was so sad for Samantha. She's so vulnerable. <laughs> Again, moving on. Oh. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Let's get to back. Let's get back to why we're here. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> okay. Again, guys, this is a stream of consciousness podcast. It's, it's real roller coaster. Yeah. If you haven't caught on real... to that, I don't know how you got here. If you've made it this far, you, you should know. You, you but... know we're taking some tough transitions. Samantha, this is probably one of my favorite like reaction photos people use is when like she's sitting at the table and she's in her fur and she just looks like so distraught. <laughs> I love that. Uh, she's such a good actress. Uh, she's so Tress. good. Um, so she's incredibly distraught and the waiter comes over and he's incredibly kind. You okay? Thank you. You're very sweet. I- I'm, I'm not usually like this. I can't believe I fell for some guy's line. But Sometimes you just need to hear we. You know? Mm. Samantha let the Pakistani busboy kiss her. After all, he'd been so sweet and attentive with the bread. You take me home. You're not alone. As Samantha looked into his sweet and hopeful eyes, she realized something. No matter how much it hurts, sometimes it's better to be alone than fake it. Did you recognize the waiter? I think you're going to like this connection because... I did, and I looked this up okay. to confirm it. It is the actor, okay. I believe his name is AJ Men- Meta or Menta. Okay. He okay. plays Mindy's dad on the Mindy Project. 
Now that you say it, I'm like, oh, how did I not recognize he's, and him? And he's so funny. I feel like that's two of the great casting of parents. How they create, oh, like, yeah. he has her anger issues, and the mom has her dramatic actress issues. Yes. I, I, but shout out to him. He's an amazing actor. Shout out to him. I appreciate that Samantha admits her own failings, right? Like, she says sometimes she does need to hear we, which is a nice counterbalance to where she was at the beginning of the episode when she was talking to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, she was very open. She was, like, very vulnerable, and she was like, sometimes it's nice to hear that. But I think that that brings up the, the complexity of being single is, like, you do have moments, like, where you are really happy being single, and then there are other moments where it's like, it would be nice to like have someone. Yeah. And I have always said that being in a relationship is great and hard. Being single is great and hard. Mm-hmm. Just different yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. But I will say, so the waiter kisses her and she decides not to go home with him mm-hmm. and tips him. I love this episode, but I really struggled with this moment. Like given the okay. racial blind spots of this show... And I don't think that this is inherently a bad moment or a bad story beat. But there's something about the fact that in voiceover, Carrie makes sure to mention he's Pakistani. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not even... I I sincerely hope that actor actually is. Or or they could have just used whatever, like, actual race he is. Yeah. Or or ethnicity he is. And Uh then the fact that she tips him. Is it realistic? Yeah. But I felt a little cringe. Yeah, it's a little cringe. 100%. It's a 2021 cringe, look back cringe. It is. It's a it's a hindsight cringe where you're just like, oh, that's not great. Yeah, but that's we, I really do love that actor. And if you're a Mindy Project, if you're not a Mindy Project fan, go and watch the entire show. If you mm-hmm. are, go back and watch any episode that has her parents in it. It's so fucking funny. He's great. Should we get into Sharshar? Yeah, let's talk about your girl. Love her. She was beautiful this episode. Like, she's always beautiful, but she was really beautiful. I thought it was interesting that she was, like, doing tequila shots and, like, oh, I was so proud of my girl, Char. She said the word fuck. And I really did love watching them dance, by the way. I thought they were having a good time. I love watching them dance. Yeah, they were having a great time, a little dance party. So, worried that she'll be single forever, Charlotte has out-of-work actor Tom, who comes over and fixes things for her. Yeah. What'd you think of old Tom Tom? He was no Tommy the Doorman, in my opinion. He wasn't no Tommy the Doorman, but I get the appeal. Like, there's something very sexy about a man who's very handy. And is also an out-of-work actor? No, that's what I was getting to. I don't think being unemployed is sexy. Yeah, it's right. Like, I guess you can be an out-of-work actor and then employed in at something else. Yeah, it didn't seem like but he But it didn't seem job. like he was. No. Working for Charlotte was his and job. And it didn't seem she was paying him. And also question about what he was doing okay seemed he was looking up a vcr which isn't difficult. yeah that no i'm like charlotte's a plug bitch but also he's like i have to rewire your he lamp. should be an electrician i'm like rewire your lamp what the fuck does that mean i assume it was like he meant like a like a light in her ceiling oh okay right Maybe? i hope so I but or she has like an antique I, lamp that needs a new like um plug put in I think with Tom, like, they needed to say that he was out of work because that is some, that's, like, a thing Charlotte, like, really cares about is, like, what a man does. Like, because with Miranda, she was like, oh, he's an ophthalmologist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Like, it's a huge thing for her. So, like, they couldn't be like, oh, Tom is her friend and he's also, like, you know, I don't know. An electrician. Job. Like a f- yeah, an electrician. Like, they have to be like, he doesn't work. Yeah. That's why this no, is a big deal. No, that's a really this good point why, because is, she well, is very attracted to the idea that this guy's an ophthalmologist. And he yes. has to have a successful like a job, thing. right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Charlotte would be into an electrician. No. I mean, it, it helps that Harry's a lawyer. It helps Trey is a doctor. Yeah. Like, she likes a successful, what she deems to be successful. And Yeah, our Shar-Shar changes, but not that much. No. Harry <laughs> no. wasn't getting in the door if he didn't have a, a good job. And a good apartment. And, like, no, that just, like, wouldn't have happened. So I, I, I didn't, that wasn't lost on me. That they had to make him out of work. But Carrie comes over and they're sitting on her bed. I thought it was crazy that Carrie was like popping gum. I was like, what is going on? Carrie does a lot of mouth work. (laughs) Carrie's like a mouth actress. She does a lot with her tongue. Like when she talks. She does a lot like eating wise. Like drinking. She's always eating a Hershey Kiss. I'm like, Oh yeah, she was like fiending for Hershey Kisses. No, (laughs) She was. At one point she picks up the phone in the morning and she reaches for Hershey Kisses and is like. Yeah, she has foil in her hands. Is that how quickly she's smoking every morning? Yeah. I love her. God bless her. God bless her. But Charlotte is resolute that you can in fact fake it till you make it. When he told me he was leaving, I suddenly had all these feelings. Like, what if he was the one? He'd been right under my nose the entire time, and I'd never even seen him. I let the whole almost 40 out-of-work actor thing get in the way. But Carrie, he is strong and masculine, and he can fix things around the house. Charlotte, you can't create a relationship with a guy just because he can cock your tub. Yes, you can. So you're more of a shar-shar this episode than me. Me? Oh, for sure. I re- I relate to Charlotte a lot more than I would like to admit. You know I do, but on- but in the rules of it all. Yeah. So, you know, sex may be good with old Tom, but she's she does not love him. And he also wants to get the fuck out of New York and move to Salt Lake City to be on a Mormon. Yeah, he's going to go opera. join Mary, Mary in Salt Lake City. Yeah, in her closet. In her closet with her mannequins. But I did think, right, that this, a bit of foreshadowing to later Charlotte, she's going to do a fair amount of faking it with Trey. Yes. So, in terms of, like, faking it into the exterior world, pretending that their pristine marriage is, in fact, good and right, because she can't fake it, because no. he won't, he can't get it up for a while. For a and while. she also tricks him into proposing, which is its own form of faking. Oh, over that sad salad. I was like, oh, Jesus, Charlotte. That's one of my favorite Sex in the City cuts. And actually, wait, we have to talk about one that happens here. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, I know I, They're talking talk about, about cum, and then it cuts to Trey eating that salad, and he has, like, the salad dressing on his mouth in that scene. And then in this episode, Miranda is talking about getting herself to the point she needs to get to telling this man to find her clit and then it cuts to tom like digging digging into an electricity hole yeah did i just call it an electricity hole you a socket is that what it is (laughs) an electricity hole guys i went to college but not for anything useful an electricity hole and I just, but I'm ashamed that I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're called, isn't it? That's and it. then I was like, socket, is that what it is? 
Yeah, a socket. It's a socket. But I was quite oh God, happy so with funny. that um, visual gag. I noticed that too. But that later one of talking about semen to Trey eating that salad with the dressing on his lips is one of my faves. That's a good one. I can't wait to get to that episode. Yeah, our screen grabs for our Wednesday Instagram stories are going to get a lot more creative as the show gets on its later visual storytelling. Yes. But let's get into Definitely. Miranda. 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 Miranda runs into Josh. Josh. I can only say that name like Cher from Clueless. Yeah. Josh. Josh, come on. Josh, please. Come on, Josh. Come on. What'd you think of Josh? Handsome. Yeah. And I liked that he was open to criticism. Mark Firestein, a great actor, very hot. Very hot. He was open to criticism. He was open to learning. He was open to the whole thing. Yeah. So they're out for a run. And they run into him. Oh, I have something to say about the run. Carrie isn't wearing a bra while she exercises. (sighs) I think she is, though, because isn't that Sarah Jessica Parker's thing that she's always in a bra? I just think that the bra she's wearing really shows off her nipples. I don't think so. And she was like dead center in the frame, and they were boop. Yeah, they were highlight. They were framing the frame. Like they, it was a lot. Nipples high, reaching to the sky. Yeah, if you're like out running, like you don't want your boobs bouncing. Like I, that. that's uncomfortable. I just know that's like a big thing, right? Like Sarah Jessica Parker, she's always in a bra in the show. If you notice, there are sometimes there are outfits where you perhaps would not wear one. And if you okay. look at like if she's in a backless dress, she's still got a bra on. But maybe that's in a post um, James Wilkie world. Wow, I don't think she's in a bra. But Miranda shares that she has had to fake it with him, and she decides to sleep with him again and fake it. And Carrie's, like, disgusted. She's like, Miranda. You can't do it. Okay, we're officially stopping. The idea that Miranda would fake anything stopped me cold. I only slept with him twice. The first time I faked it because it was never going to happen, and the second time I had to fake it because I faked it the first time. Oh, naturally. And I didn't want to fake it again, so I just forgot to return his last call. You broke up with an ophthalmologist over that? Orgasm, major thing in a relationship? Yeah, but not the only thing. Orgasms don't send you Valentine's Day cards and they don't hold your hand in a sad movie. Mine do. You're seriously advocating faking? Yeah, she's like, you absolutely cannot. And Charlotte says, she's like, but why does that mean everything? Like, why can you have like mediocre sex, but what if he like pours you coffee in the morning? What did you think when she talks about how it shouldn't be that complicated? Yep. Is he that bad in bed? No, he's just, he's a guy. They can rebuild a jet engine, but when it comes to a woman, what's the big mystery? It's my clitoris, not the Sphinx. I just, I mean, I agree, right? It shouldn't be that complicated. Why are you looking at me like that? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Well, what do you think? I I don't use your parts. Oh. She's speaking very particularly (laughs) about women. I don't know. You're like... (laughs) You're like... Bitch, I don't know what you're talking about. It shouldn't be that complicated, though. No. But it is. I did think it was interesting that she's wa- they're watching uh, some kind of show where people are fucking or porn. And she notes that the, like, the guy gets on top of her and then all of a sudden she's coming. Sex in the City is one of those shows. Yeah. Like the sex scenes in this show are more often than not insertion, screaming. Yeah, um... In fact, it happens later with William and Samantha in this very episode. 
Yeah, well, Samantha's different. Samantha does talk about the fact that she can orgasm, like, any which way. For a lot of women, that's not the case. I know, but I was just kind of like, I don't know, the pot calling the kettle. It's like, you are one of these shows that glorify that sex is easy and uncomplicated. And, you know, that's what makes the later Burger story almost so refreshing when they have trouble at the beginning, is is that that is far more realistic and attuned to... The progression of I feel like a couple sex life then oh my god well no one wouldn't have a great time with Chris Noth. But that's the thing that I really and I'm going to talk about another HBO show that we love Girls. Oh god. It's like that's why Girls was so refreshing. What? I love Girls. It's problematic but it's fine. I love Girls because it was so refreshing like seeing people like real sex scenes like it wasn't like sex in the city i I don't know a lot of those sex scenes it's they started out real and then they were like you know we're gonna go horrifying and i'm like i hope no one's having experiences like this right no i mean like in the beginning but in the beginning it was awkward and slow and you could like hear the silences like whereas at the end i was like i hope no one's getting like fucked like this (laughs) yeah but yeah so miranda she's gotta teach josh what to do and Josh can't fathom that he's bad in bed, which leads us to another great comic sex scene. Which is such a straight man thing. I did have to laugh mm-hmm. at the scene where Miranda ultimately decides to throw in the towel and give him a little. Even with all Josh's good intentions, Miranda found herself no closer. She realized she was not a jet engine. She was a lot more complicated. It would never work between them. I'm close. I'm close. Are you close? I'm close. She wanted to give him something for learning so much and trying so hard. So, Miranda came. She came out of retirement for one final performance. I'm the man. She was in that, like, rust gold nighty and i was just like it is so funny to me when people are wearing clothes during sex and tv for the sole purpose of like the actors feeling comfortable because i was like why is she in that it seems to be a full nighty and yet she's on his lap he's inside of her yeah we know we know this it just i was just like i mean i don't you know we don't we of course want our queen cynthia nixon to feel comfortable on screen but it was but just we a know li- that she's naked all the time in the show eventually it did just feel a little like this is weird this night this rust gold nighty but i think too maybe that plays into the idea that like sex with him like there is she's just like not a even barrier. Getting naked. yeah she just she's pulled like, it up a bit and said get going buddy yeah exactly exactly i i couldn't help but wonder though in a post oh. when Harry met Sally World, is this story revelatory or important? They kept saying like, ooh, Miranda's faking it. Oh, faking it? Have you faked it? Like, hello, we were all in that deli. Yeah, but I think it's a conversation that like a lot of like girls have, actually. Like my friends and I still talk about it. I know, but to me, it did feel a little... Remember when we talked early on when they were talking about like, oh, you dated a modelizer? And they were obviously trying to make that word like, happen and get into the zeitgeist. This, yeah. to me, felt like they thought that faking it, this was like, we're going to educate the women of America about faking it. It's like, I won't stand for this Meg Ryan erasure. Yeah. No, I I agree. I totally get what you're saying. But... But yes, is it know. okay for them to talk about? Absolutely. It just felt okay. like the writers felt like they were like, we're, they were, like, we're really doing something. And it's like, bitch, Meg did not come up with that whole fake orgasm and act that 
Rob Reiner's mom didn't sit in that deli and give us the iconic line reading, I'll have what she's having. No. To be slandered like this. It's my favorite movie of all time, number one. I'm a You've Got Mail queen myself. Mm. Did you read my scathing review of Joe Fox last week? Um, I didn't read it, you know. I don't always have time to read everything you write. Okay. As Samantha will say later to Carrie. I I was going to say, I was like, that's a quote from Sex and the City. But, you know, Joe is a complicated man, but I I have a love for him. Okay. That is just much like Mr. Big. And I'd love to see the two of them pal around. Talk about a spinoff I'd watch. Oh, that's a great idea. Mr. Big and NY152. Yeah, but we know Mr. Big is dead now, so. (laughs) And most likely working for the Trump administration. 100%. (laughs) I would still okay. love him. Willing to cross the aisle on that. <laughs> Let's get into CB, shall we? Yes. Oh, Carrie. So they're out. Poor they're Carrie. dancing. They're having a good time. Mm-hmm. She decides to stay. <laughs> She's like, which by the way, I have done this. I've been like, I have to go to work. So I'd rather just stay awake or yeah. I have done that. But I've made myself get there. I always remember Sarah Jessica talking about the fact that that garbage worker who says hello to her is on the street, that's impromptu. And that is when she knew that the show was starting to hit because they're filming this while season one is airing. And so that was her her moment of like, wow, people are paying attention to this show because we used yeah. to be able to film and no one cared about me. Yeah, that was probably a cool moment. And it's kind of cute if you go back and watch it, the way he's like happy to see her and she plays it off. And it feels like, yeah. oh, this guy's in Carrie's neighborhood, but it works so well. Best actress of our time. I mean, the way she rolled with that, the improv skills. <laughs> yes, and. Yes. But so she, Carrie, first of all, is should know about magazine articles. She should have written some of them. She certainly would have been profiled before, perhaps. She shows up hungover and tired as hell. She looks like shit. I haven't seen her look like this bad since her and Big broke up and she was wandering the streets, chain smoking, ripping seeing, seeing him as a ghost. Seeing him as a fucking mirage. And like it's fucking like fucking Denny in season five of Grace. Oh God. I we can't, can't get into that. It. I can't I can't talk about that. But seeing her look like that. It was disrespectful. It was so disrespectful. And also, seeing people smoking indoors around other people, like, I'm just blown away by that. It's hard to remember a time that that was, like, so common. Like, you would just be sitting next to someone, they'd be smoking. Now it's like people are like, we well, have now to excuse ourselves. That. I sat next to someone just vaping left and right next to me recently, and I was like, sir, you are not mayor of Easttown. I do not have to put up with this. You need to move. And he did, thankfully. I honestly wish sometimes people would just like go smoke one cigarette, come back and be fine. Then rather than, than like just sit like... at a table. It's so fucking embarrassing. Like you look ridiculous. You don't have what Mayor has. Get out of here. No. Can we, can I do a little sidebar briefly that I meant to mention earlier? Yes. I was thinking re-watching this episode and then thinking about the revival that's coming and certainly the two movies. Carrie is famous. Yeah. And yet the neither the show nor the movies we've seen so far really situate her that way. We don't really see her enjoying fame. Like by the time we see her in the second movie, she's a successful author of multiple books whose mm-hmm. book warrants a review in the New Yorker, which is a large like 
it's publication a and a big yeah. deal. Her first book is reviewed in the New York Times and by the lead reviewer. She's a celebrity author, and yet it's surprising, right, that it's very rare that the show reckons with the idea that people should know who she is, other yeah. than that one brief moment when she's um on the red carpet in Brooklyn with Berger and the photographers ask him to move. Yeah. And they know who she is. But other than that, right, I think Carrie should not be able to walk down the street without people, like, at least someone saying to her, hi, I'm a big fan of your work. And yet we very rarely ever see that. And I just wondered, I couldn't help but wonder, will Carrie be a celebrity in the revival? She's been a working, writing, successful writer for 30 years. Yeah. We see some of that, though, like when she goes to Paris and like people are like fawning over her book. Like that's that's one of the only times, though. But it's never like a casual, it's never casually brought up. It's usually part of like the story. Yeah. It's just like, I was just, I forget to even think of the character as a celebrity. Yeah. Same. No, that you bring that up. I totally, yeah, I see that. So let's just... She looks like shit. Rippin' Sigs on Rippin set. Sigs needs Stanford. coffee. Stanford is horrified. Stanford's like, were you dragged here, bitch? That I was you and me, actually. I saw us at... Correct. the fuck that happened to you? That phone call. No, literally. The phone call in the morning where he's like, where the fuck are you? And she's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I was like, that's... Wow, that's us. <laughs> yeah. That's every, us. Every week when I text you, bitch, where are you? I know, but I'm always here. You are, you are. You're getting better. But the article comes out, and it's not exactly what she thought. They've thrown her on the cover. That question mark? Single and fabulous question mark? There was no question mark in play. I would never have agreed to be in an article. Single and fabulous question mark. I was set up. Oh, I agree. You're single, fabulous, and fucked. Not after that picture, I won't be. Now, what I also want to say is there's got to be a weird time jump in this episode because you don't, you shoot magazine covers weeks to months in advance. We're living in a different world, okay? This is Sex and City. This is... She saw it on a Sunday and it came out Tuesday. Yeah. And that's what I'm going with. I'm not going to ask questions. I was like, have have we just jumped time four months? (laughs) Yeah. How long were they out for that power walk? But that question mark was aggressive like i would be so upset i would have stuck my head in an oven it would have been a full sylvia plath oh if you looked like that i wondered though do you think they took other pictures do you think she because she says oh yeah i'm supposed to get hair and makeup and they were like well this is what you get bitch for being late no i think that they did probably take other pictures but they were like oh we're gonna go with this one we're going to get this bitch back for being late. The angle's going to... Well, no. Ultimately, right, it also has to match what the author wanted to write. So they got a, a writer who was like, eh, I think being single's kind of sad. Throw a question mark on there and slap yeah. that bitch up there looking a hot mess. Yeah. But it is an stars. iconic image. Oh, iconic. And then, of course, you get Bradley Cooper in this episode. Yeah. Basically, Carrie decides after seeing uh, her newspaper guy and where she gets her cigarette, her Marlboros, she thinks he's pitying her. I thought that man did not give two fucks. He, he was just like, take your... He didn't your give c- a single fuck. Take your cigarettes and panicking. please leave. Which I did... Yeah, th- no, she was losing it. I did think it's kind of 
it's a nice beat, right, of how we are all. There's that main character syndrome thing you see kind of being talked about online. We think we're the center of the universe as we walk through yes. the world. And Carrie, yes. while being at an actual main character of this show, is also someone who suffers from main character syndrome. And so she's like, well, this man looking at me, he must be pitying me. It no, reminds- I thought that with the main character syndrome thing, I felt that deeply when she was at, like, when they ended the episode. I was oh, like, we're oh, gonna she get thinks there. she's like, she thinks she's the center of the fucking universe. It reminded me a lot, and it's not great that for some reason both of these characters, uh, they decided to depict both of these characters as Asian. It reminded me of when um, Miranda is calling the Chinese food restaurant and the woman oh has a God. laugh. And she goes and she finds out that the woman is just a jovial person who likes yeah. to laugh. Like it, it's not It's like, personal. it's not about you. Yeah. So she decides to get back out there. She's gonna, you know, get it together and not be so afraid to go out in public. And there it was. Pity. Pity from the man who sells me my Marlboro Lights. It was the final straw. I decided I wasn't gonna let a magazine or my friends or the Surgeon General stop me from being who I was. Single and fabulous! Exclamation point. So she goes out with Stanford and gets absolutely hammered which i want to say briefly here and we give a lot of shit to carrie and certainly in our first episode of season two we listed five moments that she's a goddamn mess Mm -hmm. i thought in this party that's me wow when she yelled at that guy to like get the fuck away (laughs) just go the fuck home i was like yeah i see myself there i I was like carrie's a fun time at a party Carrie gets loose. Yeah, I was like, I miss actually, right, is she she will get older on the show. The kinds of parties they will go to will change. I was like, I miss this feeling. (laughs) They're in this weird party. I'm like in a grungy bar, Christmas lights, drinking flirty. There's always a Christmas light. Weird teenies, whatever it was. Yeah. Tartini. But then... You know what I would really enjoy? Ooh, what would you enjoy? A James Kennedy moment where he's yelling like a pump teeny. We need more tartinis. (laughs) Yeah, I would enjoy that. I love him. But who comes over? We meet B. Coop. Bradley Cooper. Now, I know that they gave him a name, but we will only be calling him Bradley Cooper. Yep, don't recall. Straight from that weird appearance he had on Inside the Actor's Studio. Oh my god. Where James Lipton cried. Yeah. Oh, you mean when he was the, the student? Yes. Did he cry during about. Bradley Cooper's episode of Inside the Actor's Studio? Yeah. Bradley Cooper's such a piece of shit. I really don't care for him. Okay. Well, James Lipton, rest in peace, really, he had a moment. He My had a savior, moment. James Lipton. During Bradley Cooper's episode, because he was like, you were a student here. It really means so much. Oh, I have see seen much... that clip. Yeah. It's really sweet, actually. So. Yeah. I mean, James Lipton's a king. But Bradley Cooper, I thought he looked straight out of fucking messed out, crazy. I did not think you he... You didn't enjoy his looks? Let's put it this way. I would not see him one day becoming a star if I'd watched this in 1999. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm never seeing this guy again. But he is hopped up on something. They are dancing around oh, yeah. like maniacs. Mm-hmm. He says, can I take you a ride from in my Porsche? Which, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> yeah, like, who is I want a backstory man? on him that he, like, went out and stole that Porsche. Yeah, like, that's not his. It's his boss's. It's very Vince Vaughn when she goes to California and he's like, this is my house. Yeah. And it's like, he's 
like house sitting. Another catastrophe link Fisher. because it's Carrie Fisher. Guys, watch Catastrophe. This is now a catastrophe yeah. podcast. But so he's running to get cigarettes and he sees mm-hmm. the article and he runs over, which forces us in, into another Carrie looking directly into the camera moment. I looked at myself in the mirror. What had I been so afraid of all week? I was still young, still desirable. I would never wind up alone. Is this you? And there it was. My question mark staring me right in the face. Was that me? And then I realized if I went home with him, it'd be the only time I'd ever slept with a man to validate my life. The question mark would no longer be a question. It would be a fact. And he says, hey. And I thought, is this our lead into A Star is Born? Oh, wow. He just wanted to take another look at her. Oh, that's tough. That's tough, Chris. It's <laughs> a tough thought. So he slams the magazine cover on the window, and she is horrified to be seen with this awful man, awful. and decides Unhinged. that she should not, she should not sleep with a man to validate herself. Right. I was like, good for you, girl. Good for you. And you know, I love a Carrie looking into the camera moment. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I think it's the beginning of every episode. She gives us a look directly into the camera. Okay. Obviously the beginning of season one in the pilot. This season, in fact, outside of the plaza, mm-hmm. in the, the way we were reference. Yeah. So I love a Carrie looking directly in the camera. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't mind it. I just didn't know you loved it, so I'm just a little surprised. Yeah. And then she, so she hops out of his Porsche. Oh, his I get stolen the fuck out. Porsche. Yeah, that's not his that's not his car. I also love he's like, no, I won't let you go, which again, a star is born. Because, you know, I do believe that whole story was a Me Too movement moment. Yeah. It, and the fact that our girl, Babs, Babs Streisand did not approve of this No, remake. that movie, I never cared for that movie, actually. Her version, um, too? I do love hair, body, face. Um, I mean, my favorite version is the Judy Garland version. Okay. The only problem with the Barbara Streisand version, the music can be fun. It's too long. Okay. I was just curious. But Barb's is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, obs. Obs. Carrie notes that all the other women have gone back to normal. We do get a quick moment where Samantha throws a drink in uh, William's face. You know, her perhaps her first drink in a face. Because we'll, of course, we'll see that again with Richard. Uh-huh. But then we cut to old CB sitting at a restaurant. And she decides she's going to brave eating alone. With no armor. She's got no newspaper, no magazine. Just her and a good old glass of wine. Waiting for someone? Oh, no, it's just me. Thanks. So I sat there and had a glass of wine alone. No books, no man, no friends, no armor, no faking. Did you notice who the waiter was? No. It's Matthew Morrison. Mr. Schuster from Glee. Oh, I've never watched Glee. Joe's abusive husband from Grey's Anatomy season 12, I believe. Interesting. Okay, so we got some future stars in this app. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending is certainly an iconic moment. I think mm-hmm. of her often sitting there. I think she looks fantastic. Oh, and that blue wrap and that blue She's shawl. She's got the blue shawl, simple black dress, rocking the aviators, which is going to become, you know, we'll see later as a moment. This is an aviator. Mm-hmm. The aviators were the first flower. 
Oh, yes. I see oh, that. Oh, and they reference the aviators, actually, in the second movie, because she's wearing aviators in the first scene of the second movie when she comes out in the short, white, kind of Halston dress. And oh. she's wearing gold aviators. Carrie's an avi- aviatress? Aviatress? <laughs> she is the aviator. And frankly, I would have liked Martin Scorsese's The Aviator to just be about Carrie Bradshaw season two. I agree. I didn't need to see a Leonardo DiCaprio peeing in bottles with Kate oh. Blanchett giving a very strange performance as Kate Hepburn. But I do, I really do like this ending. And I, I know I that a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, going to restaurants alone and not having like work or a book or something. I'm, I love to eat alone. It's my preferred way to eat, frankly, um, just because it allows me to focus on the food. Like when eating with someone else, it's about the conversation. Mm-hmm. Not that there can't be good food with that, but there's... um. I, I love don't to mind eat alone. being alone. I have a hard time going out alone. Like I don't mind like being in my house by myself. Yeah. I I really struggle like going out by myself. It's something I wish I could do more. I think you just have to like rip the band-aid off and try. And by the way, if you do it and you don't like it, that's totally fine. But for me, I'm like I can't always be looking for someone to eat a meal with. No, you're right. If, I need to try. If I'm like, "Oh my god, I want that meal from that restaurant." I'm just going to go. That's really smart. I don't know why I don't do that. <laughs> but do you think that subsequently on this show, we we have a Carrie who's more comfortable being alone? Yes. You think so? That this episode, do we see her ever eating alone again? Like, we know she works alone in a coffee shop, but then she has the armor of work. Carrie's the least alone person I can have, I can think of on television. Really? I mean, she when she's working, obviously I she's alone. I think she feels her best when she's by herself. I don't. I think, think she, she feels necessarily... her best when she's with the girls at brunch. I think she feels her. Be- well, I mean, like when she's single is what I'll say. Like I think she's less neurotic when she's single. Like I, which I totally relate to. Like because when I'm in a relationship, my, I am like psychotic in my brain. Oh, I meant like a literally being alone. Oh, like, like Carrie is not an alone person she's not oh no she's like always with the girls or she's always like with stanford yeah like she's it's very rare we ever see her doing anything solo with the exception of i guess in season five she'll go to the movies alone and then charlotte will judge her (laughs) yeah but overall um what'd you think of the fashion in this episode I loved. I loved a lot of people's looks. I thought Carrie looked so cute in her hot pink pants and, um, like, halter top. With, is that what you'd call that when they were out salsa dancing? Yes. We did see a repeat fashion. Did you note it? What was it? When Samantha goes dancing with William, she's mm-hmm. wearing that purple dress with the tassels across her breasts that she wore in, the, in season one when they run into Big on the date. Look at you. The way your mind works. Well, I would never remember that if we hadn't spent time thinking what's the word for those things across our breasts in that one. Yeah, we could not. We could not. What are they called? Do it. It was bad. Much like electricity. What did I say earlier? Electricity Electricity hole. What else? What other fashion did you like? Did anything else catch you? Samantha's bra, I thought, was really beautiful. Like it was really beautiful. Beautiful. You know what else Samantha was in? She was in a cream, luxurious sweatsuit when before she went dancing with William and they're when they're eating her, she kisses at Samantha's at Carrie's yeah. apartment. I thought Samantha just her fashions this this episode were really great. They just gotta get her out of that apartment. I fucking hate that apartment. You know how I feel about the bed. bed you know right. how I feel about the phone. I hate it. I hate it. I loved her blue blazer. Just she's putting on a blue blazer with a power mm-hmm. bra. 
So I thought they all looked cute I thought this so episode. too. Like, and I, you know, I love Miranda in an athleisure. Like, she's constantly rocking it. And I, I appreciate that. Um, as far as the men this episode, who is your, who's the guy you're taking? Well, we got Stanny, we got Josh, we got Nevin, we got Tom, William, and B. Coops. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? You know, I'm gonna go with Joshy. Okay. Very cute. Can't work his stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, he's just so cute, and I do like Mark Farstein as an actor. He's who I choose, too, because I like that he's trying. He's really giving it his all. He's an ophthalmologist. Yeah, he's got some money, money, money. Yeah, he's a doctor. Do you have any hot takes on this episode? Um, my hot takes. I mean, I know yours. You've already what? shared that you hate Bradley Cooper. Yes, but I don't think hating him in this episode... Oh, well, I hate him overall. Well, let right. me rephrase. I don't hate Bradley Cooper. Okay. I don't find him as attractive as the rest of the world. I did not think his version of A Star is Born was revelatory. I hated his fake tan in A Star is Born. Like, I hated it. I did like his fake tan at the Oscars when they were both so tan and glossy under those orange lights. There was something transfixing about that. That's very different than in the entire movie he looked like he rubbed dirt on his face. Well, he also had that strange voice for the whole movie. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, God. So I'm just not as transfixed by B. Coops as everyone else is. And I love his ex-girlfriend who dated Kanye for a bit, Arena. Arena? She's powerful. Okay. Wow. I don't know what she does or why she's famous. She's a model. I have a fascination with her. But my hot take of this episode is this should have been the season premiere. Okay. I, you know, I agree with you. Scrub the first three. Start with this one. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're on an upswing from here in season two. I love the idea that we would have gone from the breakup with Big to a real confrontation of what it means to be single and whether or not that's horrible Mm -hmm. or great. Not saying I want to give up the big appearances we've gotten. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure where they would have put them. But I do think that this is the strongest episode so far. And somehow I would have reorganize them so that this which is kind of a standalone episode would have been the first episode we see i like that too like that idea of like her coming to terms with being single instead of take me out to the ball game i really and make take me out to the ball game episode too you know this just feels like a strong season opener yeah a palate cleanser it would need a little reworking right it can't be a little bit exactly is but i do think just this episode would have been an iconic first episode I agree. And instead we got just an okay first episode. What are you rating it? Honestly, I really loved this episode. So I'm rating this an 8 out of 10. I thought it was... Oh my god. I thought it was was great. I actually thought it gave enough time. It was the first episode I think we've seen that gives enough time to each woman. Like Carrie's actually not in this episode a lot. It's very equal. Yeah, there's enough for everyone to do. And specifically, right, if you notice... She kind of has her come to Jesus moment towards the end. Mm -hmm. But before we see where she's with Bradley Cooper, and typically Sex and the City would end at that moment with Bradley Cooper in the freeze frame. But instead they make sure to cut back to the other three women to round Mm -hmm. out their stories. And then we have another beat with Carrie. So it just feels like what we've been asking for. It's a little longer. Um, 
I love the physical interaction between the women when they're dancing. There's a really sweet moment when William tries to uh, woo uh, Samantha away, and Sarah Jessica Parker, as Carrie, puts her whole body around Samantha Mm -hmm. and kind of looks at him, and it's a very organic thing friends would do, particularly while drinking. And so I just thought the chemistry's there. I mean, look, the only thing stopping it from being a 10 is there's no big. Yeah, big would really send you over the edge. Um, but I thought it was great, and it's obviously an iconic episode. As you noted, It we've got memes from this episode. Mm-hmm. That cover is everything, you yeah. know. <laughs> so that's where I am. I really, I think this is right up there with some of the better episodes of the show, and certainly one of the more memorable ones also. I think it's definitely one of the more memorable ones. With that said, I will give it a 7. That's fine. That's the high. This is basically yeah. the episode we've rated the highest all seat. All I'm we, shook since we started by your rating. I'm literally shook. I think we are in a real upswing after this, if what I believe is coming next episode is coming. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 2, Episode 5, Four Women and a Funeral. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at Lewis 19 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram and at Take Your Soul Off on Twitter. You can find us there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Sentry.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.